Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another Ars Blog Arscast on ArsBlog.com in association as always with the newly relaunched OleOle.com. If you haven't checked it out, go do so. It is all widgety and gadgety and, and web two. It's fantastic. In fact it's 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 probably web three or three point six or something. That's how good it is. OleOle.com. Go check the Arsenal pages on there. You can do all wiki and movie stuff around. It's brilliant. Uh, coming up on this week's show, and what a show. Normally I say it's action-packed, but normally I'm lying. This week I'm not. Coming up between now and the end, we have got for you uh, Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust to discuss Keith Edelman's departure from the club. The Arsenal Managing Director uh, has left. What does it mean? What did Keith Edelman do and where are we going from here? Tim Payton from the AST will be here to talk about that. Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com will be here to talk about football stuff. As well as that, we've got the man in the bar, Bue, is here. We've got a new thing. It's a, a tale of the unexpected. Uh, we'll see how that goes, uh, and uh, I, I think that's it, but there's probably some other stuff to come between between now and then. So between uh, the last cast and this cast, what's happened? Well, you know, we were waiting, weren't we, for ages uh, for a game of football again, but we got it on Monday night, and uh, we played Derby, who are, who are indeed quite, quite terrible. They're just really not very good at football at all. That's not to say we didn't do our very best to make them look quite good at football. I think maybe we felt a bit sorry for them. They've been absolutely shy all season. We kind of went, ah, well, you know, let's, let's let them score a goal or two. Which, while uh, being very generous and everything, I'd much prefer if they didn't do it. Uh, goals in the first half from Van Persie and Nicholas Bentner. Uh, you know, they got one through whatever the hell guy that was after some really kind of shit defending, you have to say. Uh, Adi Bayor came on in the second half uh, for Van Persie, who's uh, taken off as a, a precaution. But, um, you know, that precaution could see him out for anywhere between four days and eight years. That's where we're. That's sort of territory we're, we're in with Van Persie, you see. Uh, but Adi Bayor scored a hat trick. Rob Earnshaw scored for for Derby and did a stupid dance. And then, not to be outdone, Adi Bayor and Abue did an even stupider dance uh, when Adi Bayor scored again. A goal for Theo Walcott as well. A very nice goal too. And he was our our player of the month for April. So well done to young Theodore. Uh, and a 6-2 win over Derby was just what we needed. And it keeps us entirely in the title race, which is fantastic. All we need is for Manchester United and uh, Chelsea to uh, either uh, lose both games or, or lose one and draw one, and, and then we'll be champions. I mean, I, I don't see the problem. I can't see where it could go wrong at all. Uh, Adi Bayor, first player in Premier League history to score a hat-trick against the same opposition in the same season. Two hat-tricks in the same, against the same, uh, the same team, uh, home and away hat-trick, or whatever. You know what the fuck I'm saying. 
So uh, fair play to him. And that brought him to 30 goals for the season. Arsene Wenger said he scored more than I thought he was going to score. And I think, you know, Arsene, you're not wrong there. That None of us really uh, saw Adibayor scoring 30 goals. Uh, but fair play to the big man for doing so. Uh, it's a pity they weren't spread around a bit more, but that, I suppose, is due to injury and, and some players being just completely afraid of shooting. Van Persie, I'm sure, would have got more if he wasn't made of glass. Uh, Eduardo, had he not had his legs snapped by that uh, Birmingham guy, uh, he'd have got more. Uh, Rosicki maybe would have got a bit more. Bentner, he's done all right. Bentner's got eight or nine goals, considering the sort of cameo role he's been playing. Uh, but Fleb, for example, hasn't really scored enough. Uh, Diaby, not enough. Uh, Theo Walcott, it's almost like that, that run at Anfield sort of made him like a like a caterpillar coming out of its caterpillar thing what what do you call it the sleeping bag the caterpillars are in caterpillar bag that's what i'll call it i can't remember the word is it chrysalis fuck it anyway his caterpillar bag opened and the butterfly that is theo flapped its way across the anfield pitch and became a thing of beauty uh, in footballing terms, of course, and that's how I'm viewing Theo from now on. The confidence that that's given him. Uh, he is our, our Red Admiral. Yes, indeed, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of Theo in the next uh, couple of weeks. We've only got two more games left. <laughs> We're going to whole summer without football again. This is going to wreck my head. Why do the seasons go so fast? But anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Theo in the next couple of games. And, of course, next season as well, where I think he's going to be not only a thing of beauty, but a thing of danger as well. Sort of like... Miss World, the Suicide Bomber. But anyway, that's uh, that's for next season. Uh, the other main thing that happened this week was was the departure of Keith Edelman, uh, which was announced yesterday. Came a little bit out of the blue. Uh, Keith Edelman was uh, very involved in the stadium project. Uh, Peter Hillwood said, Under Keith's stewardship, the club has achieved record profits and the board owes him a debt of gratitude. And Keith Edelman says... Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed my time at Arsenal. It has been a very exciting period for the business. And I am proud to have contributed to the club's many off-field achievements over the past eight years, not least the Emirates Stadium project. So, uh, Keith Edelman is gone, leaving Arsenal with no managing director. Ken Fryer, who's also doing the role of David Dean, the sort of uh, director of football role in terms of uh, contract negotiations and, and player purchases. Well, he, <laughs> he can't be too busy with any of that, considering we don't buy any players or anything. Uh, but anyway, he's taking over that role on a temporary basis, and I'm sure the club will be looking to bring in somebody uh, quite soon indeed. But to talk a little bit more about what the implications are, what Keith Edelman did, and, and whether or not it has some uh, some bad consequences, because you can bet your bottom dollar that Fat and Orange will be sniffing around this with their little piggy, piggy ways. Uh, so to talk a little bit more about uh, what it might mean and, and what Keith Edelman did, I'm joined now on the Arsecast by Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust. Hi, Tim. Hi there. Keith Edelman, uh, after eight years at the club, uh, has uh, has left. Uh, there's obviously going to be a lot of speculation surrounding many things, which we'll get to in a minute, but maybe you could just remind people exactly uh, sort of the role that Keith Edelman has played over that period of time. I think that we really have to recognise and pay tribute to the work that Keith has done, in particular in delivering a CMO at stadium, you know, on time and on budget. 
and creating a whole new commercial opportunity for the club now in having one of the best facilities in Europe to drive income and, and drive us at the status that we want to be. Keith was very much the man who negotiated with the banks, with the property developers, with the stadium builders to bring that project in on time and to budget. And I think, you know, when the history books are written and we've long forgotten all the little things that happen at Arsenal and how it's run, his role in building the stadium is, is what we'll recall. The reasons, I suppose, for his departure are, are, are up for speculation. Um, what would your take on it be? I think that the nature of the job at Arsenal has changed in what it was three or four years ago. You know, the long-term commercial deals are in there. We're called the Emirates Stadium for a long time. The partnership is with Nike. The ground sells itself in terms of tickets at the moment, and Highbury Village is well on the way. So I think the requirements of the job are different. And I think if you overlap that with the departure of David Dean last year, uh, you know, the, there is a role for someone who can look after the senior football side of things, relationships with UEFA and FIFA, especially, for instance, given what Seth Blatter was saying earlier in the week, we need to have a powerful voice in that area. Um, and also someone who is good at dealing with the media and taking forward the, the sort of smaller elements of commercialisation at Arsenal, such as you know the shirts that we have and the smaller sponsorships that we have. And that's a, that's a challenge that might fit a slightly different person to Keith, who comes from a very big city background and um, and commercial background. Do you think as well maybe there's um, uh, maybe a, a, a school of thought that might suggest that the fans might want somebody a little more football orientated as well? Because a lot of what we've heard from Keith Edelman over the years has been about brand, Arsenal, the brand, uh, fans as consumers and customers and things like that. And while we all accept that, that football is a business, sometimes it, it, it grates a little to hear, uh, to hear us uh, pigeonholed in that way. I think you make a very good point, and I think yes, I think the you know the way that modern football is going, but the, the the person that runs the club has to be an advocate for the supporters and for the fans to the other football organisations, but also has to be someone who is very good at representing the club to the media and making us all feel comfortable with them. I actually think Keith grew into that role and towards the end did understand the difference between being a supporter and a customer. But I do I do hear what you're saying, and I think you're right, but at times it was a very commercial approach, and now we're looking at a slightly different direction. Uh, with uh, the, the the last year, I suppose, with the arrival of uh, Usmanov and, and Red and White, uh, I suppose there will be increased speculation now that Edelman has left, given the position that he was in, that uh, perhaps the board is a, a little bit more vulnerable uh, and that this might uh, precipitate some kind of uh, movement from, from Red and White or from Kroenke, for that matter. Uh, as, as the AST um, guy, what, what's your understanding on, on that level? I think that's the absolutely key question. I'm pleased that you give me the platform to be able to tell all the Arsenal fans that I had a few minutes speaking to Danny Fisman this morning and he reiterated to me that absolutely nothing changes in his view of ownership, his role in the ownership, the board's commitment to stay running the club and that this is this is an issue about who their managing director is. It isn't in any way going to change the lockdown agreement or the long-term commitment he's given to the custodianship of our club and I'm pleased to have the opportunity to pass that on to all of our members and the wider Arsenal fan base. It really is business as usual in, in the ownership of the club. OK, uh, Tim, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Cheers. You're welcome.
And don't forget to check out the Arsenal Trust website if you uh, if you want to find out exactly what the Arsenal Trust does. If you want more information, if you want to join, go to www.arsenaltrust.org. That's www.arsenaltrust.org. Now, before we move on and get on with all the other good stuff, uh, Gunnar Hollick's still to come. Uh, we've got a boue uh, in there as well uh, and some other stuff. Uh, we will go to the bar. We're the man in the bar is not terribly happy. Oh, hello, Ars Blogger. There you are. I suppose you're feeling as chipper and dapper as I am this week. This old Champions League bollocks is after wrecking my fucking head, let me tell you. Because Ireland is a nation made up of 90% Manchester United fans, 90% Liverpool fans, and then there's a whole slew of Chelsea Johnny-come-lately fans. Miserable bastards, so they are. Where were they all the years Chelsea were shite? Nowhere. They didn't exist, that's why. They're all fucking... Do you know who they are? They're all the Leeds fans that don't support Leeds anymore since they got fucking relegated all the way down. Anyway, this Champions League thing, it's after wrecking my head. I can't think of a worse final. I mean, Liverpool, I could sort of live with them, you know. But if Chelsea win, it means John Terry gets a a Champions League winner's medal. And so does Ashley Cole. And if United win, it means Alex Ferguson's dream comes true. And Cristiano Ronaldo gets a Champions League medal. It really is the worst thing I can fucking think of. You could ask me, right, to go along and lick the anus of Mary Harney, who is the Irish Minister for Health. If you need to get some perspective on what I'm talking about here, Google Image searches your friend, Mary Harney. I would lick her anus for two weeks solid if I thought they'd both lose the final. <sighs> so, I'm not really in the mood for a player history there, to be honest. I just feel like getting really fucking drunk. Like shit-faced drunk. You know that kind of way where you wake up the next day and you go, How the fuck did I get here? And who's that person there? This isn't even my house. And why is there so much blood when I go for a poo? So I think I'm going to drink a pint, and then a whiskey, and then a pint, and then a whiskey, and then a pint, and then a whiskey, and then a pint, and then two whiskeys, and then two pints, and three whiskeys, until I can't fucking see anymore. Care to join me? I thought you might. More from the man in the bar on next week's Arsecast. Now, we ran a competition during the week. You you might have seen it on the blog where we, we uh, there was a couple of football shirts up for grabs. And, and just, uh, you know, I, I suppose I should say this on the blog as well, but it just crossed my mind while I was recording this bit. And, and you know, it's, it's sort of one entry per person. It's not that difficult, is it? If you've got like four email addresses with all different names on it, well then, you know, enter. By all means, I can't tell the fucking difference anyway. However... Should you decide to make multiple entries into the competition, my suggestion to you would be to make them at intervals uh, whereby, you know, there's a number of emails between, you know, your last one. So you might enter one at one o'clock and then wait till three o'clock and then wait till six o'clock. And don't send like 50 emails in a row. Seriously, because that kind of gives a game away and you just get deleted. And then when I email you and say, stop, doing that don't email me like 120 more because you're not going to get into the competition you're not going to win it's just not going to happen 
Uh, watch out for more competitions next week on on the uh, on the blog. We've got tickets to give away to the uh, Sesc Fabregas TV show, which is going to be something. I'm not really quite sure. Footballers with their own TV shows is this kind of the new, you know, when footballers back in the day used to release uh, pop singles, Huddle and Waddle, and uh, who else is there? I don't know, Gaza. Remember his? Ugh. Uh, so maybe TV shows. Maybe they're just growing up a bit. It's all a bit more sophisticated these days. But certainly the Sesc Fabregas TV show is a lot better than Fog on the Tyne. So make sure you're uh, uh, tuned into the blog next week uh, to find out how you can win those tickets. So uh, now what? Oh, yeah, yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention is as we're heading into the silly season and, and transfers and all that, you see players linked to us all the time. We're linked with this guy and that guy and, and Bulgarian wingers and the whole the whole lot. What was interesting this week was was one particular story came out about this fellow called Dimitrov by this blog that set up just to kind of run a spoof story. The same one that did last year, was it? Or who was the Argentinian guy that we were... I forgot, forget his name. Well, this blog set up and, and said Arsenal had signed this Argentinian guy and it got picked up. It was on the back page of the Sun and everything. So it might have been the same guy. I, I, I don't know. But he said we'd signed this guy called Dimitrov and the... Uh, uh, Sophia Echo newspaper had done it, and, and another website came along, another blog said, no, this is not true at all. But then there was one, uh, I think it's this Epping Guardian, who who seemed to have taken up all the spaces on news now. Every time you look, there's, there's a story by them. But, but the headline was, Arsenal do not sign midfielder. I mean, fucking hell. If that's what we're going to go through the whole summer... You know, it's one thing Arsenal linked to this guy. Arsenal, you know, make bid for that guy. But Arsenal do not sign what? Arsenal do not sign fucking Ronaldinho. Arsenal do not sign whoever. It's taking it a bit too far, I think. Just my opinion on it. Anyway, to get back on track a bit and talk a bit of football, uh, I'm joined now. It's my pleasure uh, to welcome back Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com. Hello, sir. Hello, blogs. How are you doing? Good, thanks very much. Now, well, I, I want to talk about Derby first. It was very nice to score six goals and great to see Adi Bayor score a, a hat-trick, the useless bastard that he is. <laughs> um, I, but while a lot of our uh, focus, let's say a lot of fans' focus is on the goals that we don't score, there should perhaps be more placed on the on the goals that we're conceding. Now, it's widely accepted Derby are probably the worst premiership team of all time, yet we managed to concede two goals against them. Is that a concern for you as well? Um, I, it's probably been a concern for much of the season that we're, of the four sides at the top, we do readily concede more than most. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, at this stage, am I that worried about it? No, not that much really because... If you look at the situation, you had a goalkeeper in there who's playing his first premiership game, clearly looked nervous. That's not going to help those in front of him, but he has to play if we're going to find out if he's going to be a, a second choice for next season. 
So um, although I share your concerns over the course of the season, I think to look at the Derby game and pinpoint that as um, an area that we're going to do anything about now, if you like, um, is probably reading a bit much into it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Fabianski, while we're on the subject, uh, you reckon he looked a bit nervous? Um, he's played in the Carling Cup this season. Your sort of initial thoughts on on, on him? Uh, he wants to be number one next season. Perhaps it's a, a season too early. That's a possibility. He, I mean, he looks a very good shot stopper. We've seen a fair bit of him one way or another in, in as you say, the Carling Cup and now that we're seeing reserve matches and things on television. But he doesn't look to command the box um, in the same way that Almunia does. Now, that doesn't make him unique because, in all honesty, Lehman didn't command the box. He he worried you at times when people got in his face and he got a bit flappy and around them. But um, probably as a number two... Do you see Fabianski being more than a number two goalkeeper? I don't, in all honesty. Right, at this stage. I mean, let's face yeah. it, he's still quite Oh, he's young. got a way to go, hasn't he? That's right. Well, Mooney only started to be a number one in, when he was 30, as Jens keeps telling us. <laughs> All right. yeah, we'll miss Jens, won't we? I think we will. In fairness, he's, uh, perhaps his behaviour this season has been a little uh, over oh, the, the top. Oh, the time is right. There's no question the time is right. But, uh, well, yeah, definite we'll character. Him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ar- Arsene Wenger said during the week that it was the old Trafford game that, that cost us the title. What do you think? Um, it would be very easy to say, yes, if we had won at Old Trafford or we had won at Stamford Bridge, both games, of course, we were leading. You would say, yeah, I can understand that. There are six-point swings is what the point he's getting at. We know as Arsenal supporters, though, it was really that that two-month spell where you can't beat sides like Birmingham and Aston Villa and Middlesbrough that really were the root of it all because there were, you know, probably eight, ten points that we didn't take off sides that we should have taken. But you understand the point that he's making is that, you know, you win the big games and in the years when the, they, we've won the title, they have been beating Manchester United at Old Trafford. They've been beating Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Um, and, and that hasn't happened this year and that's... Yeah, a good point he's making, but it's not the reason, I don't think. OK, fair enough, I'd agree with that. Now, players out. Uh, Flamini and Hleb. <laughs> uh, but we have Eddie Bayor's agent now this week talking about how it's natural that he'd be in demand. And, and of course, it is natural. He's a 30-goal 30, 30 striker this season. Um, however, however, it's his first 30-goal season, and you'd think he'd like to consolidate that. But obviously, his agent is looking at you know, trying to cash in, you know, uh, strike while the iron is hot and, and all that kind of thing. Um, it seems to me, maybe it's it's because we're Arsenal fans and we get every little bit of Arsenal news, but it seems to me that perhaps we suffer more than most uh, from players wanting to leave or agents agitating for, for their for their client to leave. Um, what would your take on that be? Is it because we're just so insular and we don't see what's happening in other clubs or, or what? No, I don't think it is. I think, in all honesty, if you look at what... Other clubs would look at Arsenal and see that on a shoestring, on a relatively low-wage structure, they have a side that's top three. And let's not forget, whisper this, they're not out of the title race until Saturday at the earliest. 
Um, the players are achieving a degree of success that is going to make a lot of people envious. And so the most successful Arsenal players, if they're not on massive salaries, are going to be attractive to other clubs. I think what will happen is that you're... What happens at other clubs is that you'll see one or two star players being linked with moves because that's all they've got. We've got half a dozen people who people would rip your right arm off to get hold of, and so there's going to be a lot of speculation about those half a dozen players because it sells newspapers. Mm. I don't think it's any more than that. I don't think we're going to lose half a dozen players this summer. I think we'll probably lose a couple uh, that we don't want to, and which is unfortunate. Uh, but let's not forget that you know we're talking about players who, if Flamini in particular. Uh, had one great season where he was a stand-in left-back for us and then started trying to hold us to ransom for most of last season and and didn't command a regular place. Now, I'm delighted for him that he's come on this season and there's no question he's been possibly the player of the season for us, although there have been a number of candidates. But, you know, it's it's one good season that we might be losing this guy over. Exactly. Well, it all goes on, doesn't it? It's a circle of yeah. life sort of That's thing. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And we've lost players before who were irreplaceable, and yet, lo and behold, we're still up there in the big four that we weren't going to be this time last year, if you remember. Well, this is very true as well. It'll be, I suppose, in one way, it'll be interesting to see what the manager does in terms of replacing him. Yeah, that's right. And you can't believe that he hasn't, given how long the... Uh, Flamini and Leb situations have been going on. You can't believe that he hasn't got people in mind already. Um, I'm I'm still firmly of the the belief that I'll trust whatever he's going to do, particularly when he brings in people like Sanya last summer when we're all saying, who's that? And he turns out to be the best right back in the country. Indeed. Good point. Uh, Let's look quickly ahead to the Everton game. Uh, Everton are still... Uh, looking for the final UEFA Cup play, so it's not going to be a walk in the park by any stretch of the imagination. They're a decent side. Uh, how do you see this one going? Uh, like you say, they've got something to play for, and so they'll come down and give it a go. We've got players who are missing. I don't think it's going to be the goal fest that we saw at Derby, in all honesty. <laughs> Everton's modus operandi over the last couple of seasons has been, like so many others, to sit you know, eight, nine players back and, and hope to catch us on the break. I don't see them doing anything different on Sunday. Uh, I don't see them being more adventurous. So uh, it's going to be one of those nervous affairs. Hopefully a good atmosphere from the crowd because it's the last home game of the season might help to lift the players a little bit. If we can respond with a goal or two, then that's great particularly if Manchester United don't get the three points on Saturday, of course, but it might all be a bit flat by Sunday. Well, who knows? I mean, you know, there's, there's no <laughs> way United can lose, is there? I mean, just not possible. It's impossible. Yeah? Well, I'd, I'd, yes, of course, but West Ham have done it before, haven't they? Yeah. I've, I've, got, I've got a vested interest because in a drunken stupor, I did actually put a few bob on us the other night. Well, more than a few bob in all honesty. <laughs> <laughs> at 250 to 1, because you can't... Even in a three-horse race and the other two horses have only got one fence to jump and you're round the other side of the Melling Road, they could fall over. It's highly unlikely, but we'll it's, see. It's possible, yes. Yeah. Maybe, we <laughs> need to, uh, maybe we need to arrange some special lasagna to be sent to United and Chelsea <laughs> this weekend. 
Wouldn't that be nice? It would indeed. All right, Mr. Gunholic, <laughs> thanks very much. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. Thank you, Blogs. Bye-bye. A gentleman, as always, that is Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com. And if you want to check out his blog, the address is, um, fuck, I have it written down here somewhere. Yeah. fuck. Give me a minute, I'll think of it now. Come back to me. Welcome to Tales of the Unexpected on the Oz Blog, Ozcast. Hello, my name is George, and I've got a tale of the unexpected. This week I was going through London, I was trying to sell a radiator. But nobody wanted to buy it. And I ran into old Jose Mourinho. And he wasn't a complete and utter cunt. But the most unexpected thing of all was that he didn't stink of brill cream. You look at him and you'd say, there's a fella that stinks of brill cream. But he didn't. That's unexpected. To me. Gunnarholic.com, that's it, that's it. I knew I'd remember, I knew I'd remember. Uh, So coming up this weekend, it's uh, Everton on Sunday. If you are in Dublin and you fancy a a pint or two and and, uh, a view of the game, a watch of the game, how do you say? If you fancy a, you know, if you say you fancy a read of that book, would you say you fancy a watch of that game? Or a view or a look at that game or what? How do you do that? Anyway, anyway, if you fancy it, uh, there'll be a few of us meeting up in uh, O'Neill's on Suffolk Street on Sunday at around 1 o'clock, I suppose. Well, it'll be pre-game. So do feel free. I think it's upstairs we're going to be in, but I'm not 100% sure. I'll post something on the blog. So if you're interested, do come along and we'll watch the final league game, uh, home league game, I should say, of the season together. And there's the thing. It's the final home game of the season. How sad. It's really flown by, hasn't it? When you think about it, it's just fucking whiz by. Never got a whole summer to go, but so uh, hopefully, hopefully the uh, uh, the boys can get the result that they're looking for. It won't be easy because, as we said with uh, the Hollick, uh, the Everton are you know in a battle with Aston Villa for that final UEFA Cup place. So there's only three points. If they were to lose against Arsenal uh, and Villa were to win at the weekend against Wigan, it would put them all square on points. I'm not sure the goal difference, but it would make it a, a, an interesting final day in that regard. So Everton will be looking to get something out of the game. I can't see them being too adventurous. I can't see that. But, uh, you know, they, they, they won't be easy to beat. That's for sure. Uh, so, uh, final league game this season. I hope the boys get the uh, the applause that they deserve this season, even though things haven't gone as well as we would have liked. Uh, they've provided us with some great moments and some great football, and I hope that that's appreciated. Because as much as uh, the, the hurty bits have hurt this season, uh, the goodly bits have been quite goodly indeed. And it would be a shame uh, if that weren't to be uh, acknowledged in some way. So there you go. If you're going on on Sunday, uh, do enjoy yourself. If you're around Dublin, you know, come along and and have a pint. Uh, What the team will be will be interesting. Robin Van Persie is out as a precaution. He's not going to play the game. A precaution for what? That he might miss the game against Sunderland? I suppose, yeah. You know, he is brittle, isn't he? So uh, maybe the the Dutch people are on going, oh, please, uh, don't play him. So maybe Theo Walcott will start uh, again. 
Uh, on the left-hand side, he did well and, and scored a really great goal the other night. Missed a chance, didn't let his head go down, but he scored another one. Uh, who we play at the back remains to be seen. Sanya, of course, is out. Flamini could be back. So I suppose we'll see uh, Ibue. Now it's time to be at home with Emmanuel Ibue. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my home. I am Ebue. Ebue like people called David. Top three Ebue people called David. Number one, David Hasselhoff. Ebue like to run up and down beach to make pectoral muscles jiggle like Hasselhoff. Number two, Davy Crockett is king of the wild frontier. But Ebue not have frontier. Ebue have two side ear. Number three Ebue people call David. David Ebue. Because he's Ebue cousin. Because Ebue have invisible friend called Major Tom. But most of all, because Ebue like to put on red shoes and dance the blues. Ayo, go. No. Tune in next week for more at home with a buoy. Oh, baby. We'll continue on the right-hand side of midfield, I suppose. Uh, what else? Bentner could start up top with uh, with Annie Bayor. Uh, he'll be looking to add to his thirty goals, Bentner to his eight or nine, uh, and, and let's see, let's see what happens. I suppose he'll give a run out to some of the others as well. We might see Sanderos uh, come back in the side. Uh, Flamini, we know, is going to be a substitute. Probably he's back. It could be indeed his last game uh, in front of the Arsenal fans. So if it is, we shall um, say hello and wave goodbye, and then take ourselves down to the Pink Flamingo because that is where we all belong. So if you're around Dublin, do pop into O'Neill's on Suffolk Street. We'll be there upstairs drinking pints. Uh, just ask anyone if that's the Irish blog crew. And, you know, if they're not, you're just going to look like a complete spa. And then you just ask somebody else and it'll it'll probably be us. So, uh, so that's it. Uh, that's about it then for the Irish cast. I think I can't really think of anything else to talk about. Oh, apart, of course, from the uh, from the desire that we all have uh, for Manchester United and for, for Chelsea to, to suffer some kind of Champions League hangover uh, and manage to slip up and, and somehow let us back into the title race, which would just be the most awesome thing of all time. So um, do whatever it is that you've got to do to make that happen. Uh, not that I'm advocating any extreme measures here. Of course, I'm talking about, you know, praying to your God or sacrificing something to your God or, you know, no, no, I'm not talking about blowing up stadiums. Certainly I'm not. Wouldn't do that. That's not good. Do a little rain dance or something, which would be kind of pointless because all it'd do is rain. Anyway, you know what I'm getting at. So until next week's Sirescast, uh, have a good weekend. Uh, talk to you all next week on the blog. Don't forget the competition for the Fabregas tickets. Uh, until then, goodbye.
Hello, Tony Adams here again with another poem for the Ask Blog. This week the world has been subjected to one of the most disgusting, vile, evil and frankly depraved news stories it has ever been our misfortune to witness. As such, my poem reflects that and I hope it will not be too disturbing for the more sensitive among you. It is called Champions League Final and it goes a little bit like this. Oh, Champions League Final, what a great big load of septic moosecock it is going to be with them cunts in it. I would rather eat a two-day-old bucket of Amy Winehouse's shite than watch that. Thank you very much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.